Hi, everyone. Welcome to Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford, joined alongside, as always, by my trusted colleague, Wes Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field. And, Wes, at the end of this week, the Packers will head west to Los Angeles to take on the Rams, the lone remaining unbeaten team in the NFL in 2018. They are 7-0, and and they've looked pretty impressive in getting to that mark. They certainly have, Michael. Uh, I mean, you look at the Rams right now and the way that they're built – Everybody knew what Sean McVay brings to the table as an offensive mind, and they found their quarterback of the future a number of years ago in Jared Goff. Todd Gurley, one of the prime, premier running backs in this league. No question. But what's impressed me the most about them, Mike, is they found ways to complement all those pieces. They found some receivers uh, in, in, I think, some interesting spots and being able to have them come up and make big production, big gains in this. Andrew Whitworth ends up coming over from Cincinnati all the years he played there, still playing at an incredibly high all-pro level, even at 37 years old at left tackle. Defensively, Wade Phillips, that big defensive line. It's very difficult to find holes in this Los Angeles Rams offense, defense, special teams. They are a very complete team. Yeah, I think with this offensive system that McVay is running, it, it sounds cliche in a sense, but, uh, but really – what they've got in this running back in Todd Gurley, you know, to take to steal the old Reggie Jackson New York Yankees line, he's kind of the straw that stirs the he drink, is. isn't he? Because I tell you what, when when it comes to the receivers they have and Goff and the tremendous year that he is having, teams have to focus their attention on Todd Gurley because as Mar as Mike McCarthy said on Tuesday, this is a guy who can take over a game and there is nothing defenses fear more than getting the ball just run down their throat. So you have to find a way to contain Gurley, but then that does put the ball in Goff's hands, and, and he's got quite an array of weapons at wide receiver. I, we were talking to Kenny Clark about this, too, on Tuesday, and he said that the dangerous thing about Gurley is he sets everything up for them, as you said, sort of the st straw that stirs the drink. Yeah. If you start you know, creeping safeties into the box, if you start playing your linebackers too far up, well, that's where they make the play-action game go. They can really threaten you downfield with the weapons that they have. Robert Woods has been a revelation since he got there a couple years ago. We know what Brandon Cooks does. Uh, Cooper Cup uh, coming out of Eastern Washington, I believe, with the, the red field out there, right, yeah. if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think you're right. Three guys that can all stretch the field on the perimeter. Yeah. But at the same time, if you dedicate too many resources out there, start going too much too high, well, then Gurley burns you underneath. So it's a it's a really dangerous game you have to play when you're playing the Rams. Some have done it better than others uh, to the point of this season, but you look at a game like San Francisco last week with them, I actually think the 49ers defense, you know, it isn't as star-powered as it's been in the past, but I thought it, they put together some respectable performances this year. The Rams really made them look bad. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. you know, the, the challenge for Mike Pettin and these defensive coaches, def defensive players, is going to be trying to find that perfect balance between dedicating enough bodies, enough resources to Todd Gurley without allowing Jared Goff in that passing game to stretch you vertically. Yeah, here's an interesting thing statistically about Gurley that I looked up this week. He does lead the NFL in rushing yards. I believe he's at 686 through yeah. seven games. But the interesting thing about that is in seven games, he actually only has 100-plus yards in three out of seven games, which seems kind of odd for a guy who's leading the league. But one of those 100-yard games was actually a 200-yard right. game. And... 
I think it's a sign that defenses have, at least some defenses, have figured out how to contain Gurley. But when you look at the fact that the Rams overall on offense, they're averaging 33.5 points a game. You look at these wide receivers, Wes. You, you mentioned Woods and Cup and Cooks. Um, Cooks has the highest yards per catch of the three. He's the most explosive, the big play guy. Cup has the most touchdowns. Woods has the most yards and receptions right. out of the bunch. So if if there's a classic pick your poison when it comes to defending an offense, this, is, this really is one of those. This is what I really respect about the Rams, too, is that they have their personnel. They have their three receivers. They have a tight end in Higby. They have Gurley. Malcolm Brown, you see a little bit of him. But realistically, man, they're not disguising anything. I mean, yeah, they're gonna some of their concepts will be, but you know what personnel you're gonna see. You know what kind of packages you're gonna see. The Rams are daring you to stop them. Uh, to make one more note on Gurley, what I find really impressive: 686 yards. He doesn't have a carry over 30 this year. Wow! It just shows you that a lot of this production, it isn't just one big huge carry, and then that's what you know, no pun intended, carries the day for him. Yeah. It's just consistent production, getting in favorable second and third down situations and allowing your playmakers to make plays from there. You bring up a great stat about the receivers. I wasn't even aware of that. I did know that Cooks is among the league leaders in yards per catch, and obviously Woods with 602 yards receiving, that jumps off the page. But to have three different guys leading in three different areas, that's how you draw it up. When you go back to the Packers in 2011, that's usually the comparison I usually draw with a lot of these teams. That's how you really – get defensive coordinators scratching their heads because on any given week you don't know who it could be. Yeah, if there's one thing that you latch on to maybe as a Packers defense in terms of something you can try to take advantage of against this Rams offense, it's that Jared Goff has thrown five interceptions. Right. Now, five interceptions in seven games, not an alarming number. This is a guy who's completing about 70% of his passes. His passer rating is over 110, I believe, for the season. Yep. So we're nitpicking a little bit here when you talk about him throwing five interceptions, but if the Packers can get Goff to make a mistake or two, now that comes with stopping Todd Gurley or at least or at least containing him and preventing the big plays that we've talked about because this offense this offense will make you pay with the big plays, the 40, yes. 50 yard explosive uh, gains. But if the Packers can do those kinds of things and you know you get one or two mistakes out of Jared Goff in a crucial situation, then just maybe that's uh, something that turns the, turns the tide in your favor. Denver set the blueprint for this, I think. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and the Rams were able to squeak out a 23-20 victory. I think partly included in that is the fact that Denver's had a lot of issues offensively uh, with Case Keenum and you know the direction that thing's gone. But if you look at that game with Goff, 14 completions on 28 attempts with an interception, was sacked five times, a 58.8 passer rating. That usually isn't good enough to get it done. But what, fortunately for the Rams, they have Gurley to pick them up from there. They have a defense that's going to keep you in ball games. So there aren't a lot of ways that you're going to be able to attack them and have everything fall apart. They're going to be able to counter you in different ways. But to your point, Mike, you do need to remember that Jared Goff is a third-year quarterback at this time. He's still only, let's see, 24 years old. Okay. I mean, there are going to be opportunities there. They aren't going to be plentiful, 
Yeah. But if you do get those chances, you have to be able to execute on them. Yeah, well, you mentioned this defense the Rams have, and I want to get to that in a minute. But uh, quickly, Wes, some sponsor business. It's time to enter the Cousin Subs Best Seats in the House promotion. You and a guest could win a chance to kick back on the 50-yard line in style. Two pairs of lucky Packers fans will be chosen prior to each home game for this VIP experience. Enter daily now through December 16 by completing the entry form and submitting for complete rules and eligibility. Go to Packers.com slash best seats. Cousins, subs, we believe in better. Okay, this Rams defense, I tell you what, there's absolutely no question at all that it starts with Aaron Donald on that defensive line. And I tell you, I remember back when Aaron Donald was coming out of the University of Pittsburgh. He had won every college defensive award. I mean, you know, the Bednarik, the Butkus, the Lombardi, or whatever all, I don't even know the names of all of them. But all you those, got more of them than I did. All of, those, all of those awards for defensive players in college, he won them all. He went to the Senior Bowl. He absolutely dominated everybody at the Senior Bowl. He was the star of the week in Mobile, Alabama. And yet there were still teams that, based on his height, they did not actually think he was a first-round draft pick. Credit the Rams. They ignored all the rest of that noise. They took Aaron Donald in the first round. He's now the reigning defensive player of the year in the NFL. Should mention Todd Gurley um, yeah. is the reigning offensive, offensive player in the year in the NFL as well. But Donald is the reigning defensive player of the year. He's coming off a four-sack game against the San Francisco 49ers. He now leads the NFL with eight sacks through seven games. He's on pace for a career high, and this is a guy who has an interior defensive lineman has had double-digit sacks twice already in his career. This guy is this guy's amazing. I mean, yeah. he he is he is the focal point of any offensive game plan against this Rams defense. Yeah, and the thing that's impressive about Donald, he's done it since day one that he entered the league. There's yep. never been a let-up. There's never been a learning curve for him. He's just produced since the very beginning. Yep. It's actually funny that you go back and look at it. There were four games he didn't start his rookie year in 2014. <laughs> sort of reminds you a little bit, I think, of Clay Matthews, that once he did get in the lineup, the guy was just a natural-born star. Took off, yeah. And here's the other thing, too, I like questions about his height coming out of of, uh, of Pitt. I wonder what the San Francisco 49ers think of that because, unfortunately for them, they've had to see a lot of him over the years, and he's been incredibly productive with yeah. another big game last week. Six foot one, 280 pounds. By any measure, that should not be a, a combination that makes you think defensive player of the year. And that's not a disrespectful thing to, to Donald or anybody at that size, but typically – Height is one thing, but weight is another. Like even like guys like Mike Daniels, you see, Daniels isn't the tallest guy in the world, right? But he still is over three hundred pounds. Donald just makes it work for him, and his ability to be able to to beat these interior offensive guards and centers that are routinely twenty, thirty, sometimes forty pounds heavier than him, just a huge testament to him and his play style. I love I love to watch him play. It was interesting. I wrote a story for on Kenny Clark about him and kind of being able to pick up where he left off from last season. Sure. Clark right now is third in the league amongst defensive tackles for snaps played at, at a little over 84%. Donald actually leads the league right now in that category, just under 90. He does it from beginning to end. His motor does not stop. It's impressive to watch, man. Yeah, well, and what the Rams have done on the defensive side of the ball, Donald was a first-round pick the year he came out, and he is the, the centerpiece of that defense, but the rest of it they've kind of built through free agency. Yeah. They've signed Indomitian Sue to uh, to kind of pair with Aaron Donald on the interior of the defensive line, and both of those guys will move around and line up in different spots, but essentially they're that defensive line tandem. 
Um, they picked up Marcus Peters, uh, Akib Talib at cornerback. Now Talib is on injured reserve, but uh, but you've got Peters. Obviously, they they signed uh, Sam Shields, who's come back from essentially missing two entire seasons due to his multiple concussions in his career. Great to see Shields back out there playing again. The Packers will uh, Packers will probably see him a fair amount, perhaps on Sunday afternoon. But they've uh, they they've built this defense by by sort of plucking different guys from around the league and uh, and and plugging them in and it's working i mean obviously you can't argue with the fact that that they're undefeated there have been some teams who have racked up some yards and yeah. some points minnesota had a big offensive game against these guys on a on a thursday night we saw both uh, seattle and the denver broncos not known for explosive offense so to speak but they scored enough points to stay right in the game with these guys and take them down to the wire as well so uh um an impressive defense but yet there are some areas statistically where uh where they have they have some numbers that don't necessarily look like an undefeated team yeah and i mean it is something too where when you put up the offensive yards that their offense puts up their, your defense is going to give up yards too because a yep. lot of the offenses are going to be put in you know two minute situations. So, yeah. um, but that being said, they have guys who can take away the ball. They have guys that can pressure your quarterback. Uh, they, they have different, as I mentioned earlier, they have different ways to win. If it ends up being a game in the twenties or the teens, they have a defense that can keep them in it that can get them on the positive side of that. Uh, what what has probably impressed me more than anything, I mean, it's one thing to go get Brandon Cooks or, or to get. Marcus Peters and, and obviously what happened coming out of Kansas City. I've been probably more impressed over the years at how they've augmented their roster, offense and defensive, by finding, I don't want to call them cast-offs, but finding the Robert Woodses, finding the Mark Barons, who sort of appeared to be on the outskirts of his career. And then as it turns out, the Rams were able to use him in a hybrid role, was sort of on the cutting edge of that, and has been there now for a number of years in making plays. The Sam Shields one's a little different. Uh, I, I mean, I made my opinion very clear on Shields in the past. I, he's a tremendous person. I, I've enjoyed my time covering him. I wish for nothing but the best for him in the future. Yep. I would be lying to you if I told you I still didn't watch his games with bated breath. <laughs> but the fact that he's been able to come back, he always had the legs, dude. I mean, like, yeah. the Packers, it, when he left Green Bay, it wasn't that he couldn't play on the field. I mean, it's not that he'd lost his ability. He has gifts that you cannot coach in this league. So I wish nothing but success for him. We'll see how this game plays out, obviously. But the, the Rams are deep, and they're deep at number of positions. And Shields' insertion at cornerback is, is another one of those spots. Yeah, the one thing to look at statistically, maybe a couple of things going into this game with this Rams defense. You know, As I say, you're trying to nitpick against an undefeated yeah. team and trying to find maybe where the chinks in the armor are. A couple of things where they rank in the bottom third of the league defensively. One is actually yards per carry allowed by opposing running games. They don't allow a lot of rushing yards total because teams are throwing the ball like crazy to try to keep up with that offense. But when teams do run the ball, the yards per carry, it's it's rather productive. They aren't great in that statistic. And the other one is third down. Their third down defense does actually rank quite a bit lower than the bulk of the league. So when you look at all these things the Packers have been talking about over the last couple of weeks, over the bye week, about you know wanting to find more run-pass balance, needing needing to be better in situational football, particularly third down, red zone. We know the third downs for the Packers. It comes down to the the down and distance because right. Aaron Rodgers pointed out the other day the Packers have had in in six games they've had 22 third downs of 11 plus yards. That's an unbelievable yeah. number. It really is. That's 
an area the Packers need to need to fix, and and getting the running game going is one way to, to help fix that. Yeah, absolutely. They have to do it early too. Uh, they have to be able to establish that they got to stay in with pace with the Rams. They can't fall behind. I think that's going to be the big yeah. thing here because the way that Los Angeles is structured, they don't really allow teams to get back in it once they blow them out. When you're in it with them, they've had a lot of games down to the wire. You mentioned some of their stats. It's reflected in their scores. Yeah, They've been able to squeak out some two- and three-point victories this season. So for the Packers, we talk about it every week, but getting off to a fast start, being able to establish that early on. And honestly, Mike, I'm just excited, too, to see Aaron Rodgers, back-to-back 400-yard games, offense right now fourth in the league Packers have been able to move the football this will be a nice little challenge to see if they can do it in the Coliseum yeah well we've got a couple of more days to talk about the keys to victory here for the Packers and we'll get to those as the week goes on but for now we'll call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team on Packers.com on Twitter he's at Wes Hot I'm at Mike Spofford at Packers for the team account thanks for tuning in everybody we'll see you next time